cheese has a hold on me. I can't stop. Trying to shame me? I don't know if that's going to bring the cheese back. This is episode 64 of They're All Going to Laugh at Him. I'm Alex Sprague. And I'm Jess Geyer, and I do not remember how to do this podcast again. Uh, that's fine. I kind of remember what's going on, because I was doing some recaps on TikTok and then stopped when I got COVID, but uh, I, I also don't want to do that anymore. Here's the most important thing. We're answering the age-old question of whether or not Adam Sandler deserves the hate he gets on the internet, and... Because of that, every time a movie is released by him, we will watch it opening day or before and let you know how it went. And today, we saw Murder Mystery 2. Yeah, it was on Netflix. Yeah, I think it's the final of his... Uh, he had like a certain amount of Netflix movies he had to make because he was a early like kind of investor into that. And holy shit, I just realized this movie had Mark Strong. That wasn't Stanley Tucci. <laughs> that wasn't Stanley Tucci? That wasn't Stanley Tucci? My God. I wrote Stanley Tucci all throughout my notes. Okay. Who's so Mark Strong? He's the guy from Kingsman. I thought Stanley Tucci was in Kingsman. I thought Stanley Tucci was in Kingsman. Who the fuck is Stanley Tucci? Who is this? Who is Stanley Tucci? I found I sound silly. Is he also in Kingsman though? Mm. Yeah, I thought Stanley Tucci was in Kingsman. They're both No, Stanley Who's Tucci's who? in the King's Man. This that's they they can't do that that's, to me. Okay. I'm, well, we got the Stanley Tucci trivia question right at trivia because we both thought he was in the Kingsman. I'm I'm telling you right now. I'm looking at him. This is the same dude. He's just double billing himself. Okay. Well, uh, maybe they're twins. Um, but this is not a podcast about Stanley Tucci's lookalike Mark Strong, um, who sounds like a Tim Heidecker character, to be honest. Um, what, Alex, you you already said that this is a podcast about deciding whether or not the Adam Sandler hate on the internet is justified. I actually think that there is no longer hate for Adam Sandler. On it. Wrong. You're wrong. Sorry. Um, guess what? This movie was reviewed at on Rotten Tomatoes by critics and audience. What? You have to guess. Guessing is part oh, of it. Oh, that's oh. <laughs> It's been so long, but the curse has still not lifted. Um, I think that for critics, it got a really low score. I've only seen headlines that are bad for it. Uh, I think it got like a 36% from critics. Uh, it's at 53%. Oh. Which okay. is still rotten on their scale. Um, well, then I think it got like a 62% from audience. 57%. Um, oh, really? Yeah, and I, I will say... I thought this movie was just pretty good, worth... It's on Netflix, so it's not like yeah. you're going out to see it. Uh, it's 90 minutes. It was fun. It was, fu like, decently funny. Uh, the murder yeah. mystery part wasn't as good as the first one, whatever. Um, Honestly, I don't... Just like I don't remember how to do this podcast, I do not really remember the plot of Murder Mystery 1. In my notes, originally, I was like, how much of this is, like, made-up stuff that they did that's, like, just, like prologue or and how much of it is an actual recap i did not remember that was all real stuff from the first one um yeah i mean this was i don't know if this was a supposed to be like a one-to-one -one of a murder mystery famous movie like uh the orient express no. or something like that uh because the first one was on a boat and kind of was 
I think, kind of making fun of a one-to-one thing, and then they went on. But the thing this movie is, is making fun of murder mystery movies. Um, it's, yeah. It is kind of a satire of that, um, but it is definitely a loving satire. Like, they, they like murder mystery movies, and they're like, hey, it's funny to do a comedic version of it. And it is. It is fun. A ton of people do not understand that. Um, let me let me get you some choice quotes of people who did not understand the movie who are <laughs> professional movie critics. Okay. This all right, this first one just did not uh, understand it. Unfortunately, it's just plain boring. And frankly, there isn't a whole bunch of murder in this mystery, which I was like, eh, a lot of fucking people die in. A thing they make fun of a lot yeah. is how many people die in it. A lot of people did die, but a murder mystery... Normally only has like, one murder. Yeah, this one is a kidnapping mystery, sure. But you're right, a murder mystery usually only has one murder. There are some, like, then there was none, and um, I think that's, like, one of the most famous examples where, like, everybody ends up dying, um, pretty much. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, but, like, most murder mysteries do only have one, maybe two or three murders there's just some like really really highly acclaimed Mm. ones that have way more like one of the most famous murder mysteries murder on the orient express has just one murder the whole case is about just the one how much does the falcon have the maltese falcon i mean it has a lot but it's not a murder mystery that's a spy detective novel Um, here's one. Ever since Knives Out snapped the whodunit back to wicked life, it's harder except a lazy, dim-witted mystery that wastes Sandler and Aniston on 89 minutes of sequel piffle. Um, so this person just doesn't like murder well, mysteries. Weirdly <laughs> enough, they said waste Sandler and Aniston. I'm like, they just got to be funny for like 90 minutes. That's yeah. the whole movie. Like, <laughs> what has... What has Jennifer Aniston, no offense to Jennifer Aniston, what has she been in that hasn't just been, like, kind of goofy and silly? Yeah, does she do, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see, because I'm not sure. I, I don't know yeah, any, I like, mean, I don't, dramas. I don't think that she's known for being she's, a brilliant actress. I, I was talking, actually, earlier today with a friend of mine how I think she is the go-to funny female actress, No, in my yeah, opinion. she's, like, funny and goofy. And I think she has really good chemistry with with Sandler. I think that yeah. I've said this before. I think like with every every film so far that she's been in, so she was in it with Just Go with It, and then of course Murder Mystery, Numero One. She was in The Millers, where The Millers was really good and Horrible Bosses. Of course, she was super funny. And uh, I didn't see yeah, Marley and Me. Just... Is that comedy? Or no, I, I know... mean it is a comedy, but it's about a dog. So of but course the dog it's sad. dies. So... <laughs> So like, um, she no, funny she's in only she's space. only in funny stuff. Maybe they're saying it wastes her humor, but I don't know. I I the, I, I the parts that made me laugh were like the parts where they were interacting throughout this whole yeah. movie, and I think that that's what makes it really like that's what I really enjoyed about this movie was just yeah. them interacting and kind of making jokes, and like I could see them as a real kind of couple i you know they had such good chemistry i didn't buy the plot that their marriage was on the rocks yeah i actually agree with that 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 is the hardest thing to buy is that like they are having a hard time in their marriage 
No, they um, they sounded like they were having fun the entire time. But honestly, it was the narrator who said that, and I kind of they didn't agree, which I think is also funny. That's true. Because they true. said this is just how people from New York talk. Don't worry about it. Like when they're yeah. arguing. <laughs> um, here's a few more that I thought was funny: is uh, if you squint especially hard and hold your breath till you pass out, the sequel almost resembles an attempt by Sandler to recreate Glass Onion. And I'm like, yeah, you can't tell the difference between rich people. This is, these movies all have rich people who are pieces of shit. That is how murder mysteries work. Yeah, because a murder mystery of a bunch of poor people is not a fun, goofy farce. It's brick, which it, I don't yeah, think you've it, seen. That's but, just a drama. No, I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's yeah that one movie. Uh, Ryan Johnson's first like murder mystery was a kind of weird, low stakes thing. I don't know. Um, not necessarily low stakes. I don't have the best way to say it. I mean, but that, the the stereotype of a bunch of rich, like super wealthy, like the countess, the colonel, like the yeah. Maharaja, like that is such a trope. And that's, again, that's like what these movies, what Murder Mystery 1 and 2 have both been about is the tropes that we find in our classic Agatha Christie-esque yeah, mysteries. And one of the things about the tropes I find funny is they have the detective but they just make him like a weird horny guy that never helps. And then they're trying their hardest to do stuff, but they also are just kind of falling ass first into it, which is what like in murder. She wrote, she always just stumbled upon murders. Like people forget that part. Every episode she stumbles upon a random murder. So like that has to happen in the show. Yeah. That's it. They're making fun of the fact that they Well, that's also what happens with Hercule it. Poirot. Yeah. yeah. Hercule Poirot. I mean, he does show up to investigate some murders, but like all of my favorite ones, he's just like kind of there and having a having a good fun old time. Yeah. And then someone dies and he's like, "Well, I I guess I have to I'm not going to attempt a French accent. I can't actually ironically cannot do a French accent." Um <laughs> Yeah. And then the final thing that I find just irredeemable from this uh critic is Unless you find such things as business cards equipped with dental floss inherently funny. Uh, you, the jokes aren't going to light. And I'm like, dude, that is inherently funny. That's a great joke is him trying to come up with like a marketing material and it sucks. And I think the people who don't find that funny are people that have never had to like handle someone's bad idea. Because I've gotten some weird business cards at a convention. And that's, that is an inherently funny one. I... I don't think that people are just allowed to be goofy anymore. I think that so hmm. many people expect a real cerebral type, you know, and, th and you know, that's, that's what's also kind of messed up about the reviews for Glass Onion too, is they're like, oh, this is so stupid. It's so simple, blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. that is, was first of all, the point of that movie, um, but not everything has to be. Yeah. has to be a fucking M. Night Shyamalan style twist. Not everything has to like surprise you. You are allowed to know the ending before the detectives do. You're allowed. Yeah. Um also like I just it, it's the cinema sense thing where people think that they have to be good critics by disliking things. Um which I find very inherently like silly because I think if you can't go into something wanting to like it, you're kind of immediately unable to criticize it in a way that makes sense. I went you're into this, already setting yeah. yourself up for. Well, you're not gonna, gonna hate it. 
I don't love murder mysteries like you do. I I was pretty... I, I thought Glass Onion was fine. I would not watch it again. I loved Knives Out, obviously, because that was just an extremely well-done movie. I thought the first murder mystery was really made fun of the things I find silly in murder mystery movies and mm. can't, like... It's pretty hard sometimes to jump aboard, look at all these rich people be rich, uh, that like type of movie, and I'm not really for it. When you have poor people, like in this movie, Adam Sandler is supposed to be poor, and Jennifer Aniston uh, go to a place where they're like, look at this, this is crazy, this is the most amazing thing. I'm like, okay, they're there too with me, so I don't have to ha like have the like, oh my god, I don't care about <laughs> how rich these people are. Yeah. Um, but I also don't like money porn. That said, things we missed out on, three sand layer film directed by him. Or not directed by him, but uh, he helped write, he produced, he started it. Uh, and I laughed 39 times, which is pretty high. A lot of Yeah, I'm pretty gags. sure that your first laugh was also a that business card. It, I mean, that's a funny gag. It's, <laughs> it literally started with a recap of what happened last time. Them going into business and it showed their new marketing material their last name is spitz in this so he made a business card with flaws on it, it says first you floss now it's now you spitz um and man that's funny it's good joke uh, i yeah do you want me to get into the summary because we're 15 yeah. minutes in i i um, do think you should do very quick summary because it is trying yeah, to follow a, a murder mystery points. There's a well, lot of plot points. I'll, let me which you don't points. have to say is what I'm literally saying. What that was I'm the end of my sentence. Cover this. I'm only going to cover the important ones. Okay. So like Alex said, they go through a um, a preview, a backstory, a flashback sequence of all the things that happened to the first one. And then we get to see them. They are um, Nick and Audrey Spitz. They have started their own detective business, and it is not going well. Uh, but that's Okay. Um, as Alex also mentioned, they have these funny business cards with the dental floss, um, and they get a call from their buddy Vic from the previous film, who is going to get married, and he has invited them to their amazing wedding, which is starting off on his tropical island, and then they're going to go to Paris. So they head out, um, we get to meet the, well, they take a helicopter flight, and there is a goofy, I thought it was Rob Schneider at first, I was very scared, it was not. Um, helicopter pilot they get to the island and we meet um, the cast of characters so first there's of course Vic the Maharaja um, who was in the previous film they and he is getting married to Claudette who is a French woman played by Melanie Laurent um, who is in Inglorious Bastards um, oh Popcorn that's where classic. I knew her from yeah Popcorn yeah. Classic <laughs> uh, my delivery just really reminded me of Greg. I've been watching too much on cinema. Um, we also see the Colonel, the Colonel um, from also the previous film, who is Vic's bodyguard. He is missing his entire arm now, although last we saw him, he was only missing a hand. And we learned that he lost the rest of his arm because it was shot in Mumbai um, when someone tried to assassinate Vic. And now Vic has a new bodyguard named uh, Mr. Lou or something like that, Lou, um, who is now the head bodyguard. Um, other people that we meet uh, throughout this um, sequence, actually, I don't think we meet anyone else during this sequence. Um, they, Nick and Audrey go to the room. They see all this amazing stuff. 
And we get a lingering shot of a cheese knife on the table with this amazing cheese. Um, they also get some free iPhones and other swag, like some fuzzy sex handcuffs. Um, then and they and, go and to... business Air Jordans, which I found just <laughs> a good joke. Yeah, that's really funny to me. Um, maybe that's a real thing. I don't know. Uh, they go to the wedding. So it's the pre-wedding ceremony, um, not the actual wedding itself or like what what you would think of if you're an American thinking about a wedding. Um, they go there and both of them embarrass themselves a little bit. Um, Audrey, again, that's played by Jennifer Aniston, embarrasses herself in front of the Countess, the Countess and her second string, um, like, I don't know, her friend. Her, it's, it's her sidekick. Her sidekick, there we go, uh, who we later learn is named Imani, but that doesn't matter. Um, she is, we find out that the Countess is Vic's ex-fiance and also Claudette's former roommate. So we get some possible motive for our upcoming mystery. We also meet Francisco, who is a former football, um, former soccer player, um, who is extremely attracted to Jennifer Aniston, of course, obviously. Oh, uh, we also meet Syrah, who is Vic's sister. Um, so... We who get hates the whole, everyone. Who, who hates everyone. She doesn't like people, but she's very sympathetic. She's there. She's reading a book. She's very quirky. Um, and we meet her when she's getting henna done. Um, and then Jennifer Aniston comes and sits and talks to her. Uh, and then we get a wonderful dance number. So it's it's very fun. It's very, very cool. There's a lot of spectacle. Um, really there just kind of draw your eye and ha have you looking around for clues, essentially. And when Vic comes in... Uh, he comes in on an elephant from a spotlight. He has his face all covered up, uh, but no, he's kind of swaying on the on the back of the elephant. And then he has he has a cheese knife sticking out from his back. And oh my gosh, he's dead. Uh, but they find out that's not actually Vic. That is his bodyguard Lou. Um, during that sequence, we also see a mysterious green hooded figure um, duck in through the crowd. The person who was leading the elephant in um so Which this they, obviously they didn't super focus on you did actually kind of have to look for it yeah yeah they, it was, it was kind of there those. in the background yeah it was really well done i think yeah <clears throat> like the cheese knife they lingered on for a sec for you but like stuff like that they really had like you could miss some of the the cluey things right you could definitely miss it like if you're sitting on your phone texting and not taking various notes like we are mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. could definitely if i was watching a movie the way i normally watch a movie yeah um, so obviously everyone's freaked out. Claudette is distraught. Everyone is trying to figure out where the heck did Vic actually go because he's not there. And Adam Sandler figures out, oh, this is just a ruse. They're, um, this is just trying to be a distraction. And he runs out looking for Vic um, and finds him being pulled onto a boat and gets shot at. Um, when he comes back, he explains all this evidence and they are all sent back to their rooms by the colonel um in this next scene they we get the um everyone talking about their motives and who they think is the killer scene it's done in a really funny way where first yeah i this <laughs> this got like a ton of laughs at me where it's they go back to the room and it's mostly adam sandler trying to eat cheese and then uh <laughs> yeah because they just have like a giant block of cheese that was like set up in their very nice hotel room and the people one after another are knocking on the door after Adam Sandler blocked it so that they wouldn't have someone come in, which 
in the first movie, someone busted into their hotel room and, like, tried to kill him. So that's why he's doing it. He's worried about that. And after every single person comes in, he's pushing all the stuff out of the way and then putting it back in and then hiding a new person. And it's very well done. Yeah, it's it's funny. And it's the way, like, normally, in if it was a mur- longer murder mystery, they would be going and talking to all these people and they'd be sharing all of these things. We learned a couple other clues, such as the fact that... Um, Jennifer Aniston saw some burning green robes um, that she had a picture of um, and that it has to obviously be someone at this party because they they are the only ones who know that Vic was going to come on it come in on this elephant um, so they know it's an inside job Um, so all the the main suspects come in oh I also forgot one of the reasons why Francisco would be a suspect it's because he's like the second in command of Vic's company everyone Um, mentioned has some kind of stake yes. there, I believe. Uh, obviously. I mean, that's yeah. obviously what's No, I mean on. like a stake in the company. Yeah. Um, well, except for Claudette. Claudette, if she gets divorced by Vic, will get nothing, we learn from the sequence. Um, mm. Francisco says she will get nothing because she signed a a brutal prenup. Um, Syra calls her... Um, um, Syrah thinks it's Francisco because he just wants all the money because he has all these children that he has paternity lawsuits for because he's slept with a thousand women or something like that. Ten or two thousand, whatever it is. He has like two thousand children. He makes it up all the time. Yeah. Um, Claudette. um, Claudette uh, has a pistol in her dress, so she's initially suspicious. Um, The Countess thinks that it's Claudette because Claudette is a gold digger. Um, And yeah, uh, there's all this stuff going on. Um, At some point, either during this sequence or before this sequence, um, Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston take some Advil with some wine. um, And this leads to them passing out. They have been drugged. They've been drugged and they pass out. And the next day they come up, they meet everybody on the beach. And it turns out they've hired some real detectives. It is... Miller, he is played by the guy that we thought was Stanley Tucci the entire Mark time. Mark Strong. Um, and he is the guy who actually wrote the detective book that Jennifer Anderson is trying to get Adam Sandler to study to at the beginning of the movie. Uh, so she's kind of like, ooh, this is like a real it's a real big detective. They try to share all their information. And he really dismisses them and calls them out as possible suspects because their business is failing. And they get this last-minute invitation to this wedding and... That's when they hatched this scheme to kidnap the Maharaja and ransom him. But luckily, they can still kind of be involved because apparently the guy who shot at them only wants to talk. The guy who shot at Adam Sandler only wants to talk to Adam Sandler. And we learn that they are ransoming Vic for $70 million, which is a lot of money. This freaks Francisco out. Um, and Syrah's like, well, how, how are you so worried about the money? This is my brother we're talking about. Like, everyone's... Everyone's reacting to this differently. Mm-hmm. And they say, bring the case of $70 million to the Arc de Triomphe um, in Paris by the next day or something like that. So they go there. Miller um, helps them get some setup, um, is observing them as they are meeting up with the kidnappers to pass off this money. He goes over some of the rules, such as never go to a secondary location. Obviously, they're going to go to a secondary location. Mm -hmm. We also get reminded, um, this is a great way to remind us that Adam Sandler's character cannot shoot a gun. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) in in the original one, he is a New York police officer 
and therefore is completely incompetent at anything he tries to do. Um, but specifically, he's so bad at shooting a gun that at no point in any movie will he hit his target. Is yeah. It is just a ironclad rule that he cannot shoot a gun and have it hit the thing he wants to hit, which is just a, a good comedy bit. Whereas Jennifer Aniston's character was really good with the gun um, and really good at driving. Like, she is the competent one in the couple, hmm. um, even though she shouldn't be. So I, I love that. I think that that's a really funny kind of twist of a trope. Um, so they bring that up. They remind us of that. Um, Miller gives Jennifer Aniston the gun as they go up um but of course because i I do want to point out she was good in the first movie because she's a fan of murder mysteries was like she's like oh this is like you know a book i was reading this thing blah blah blah. and then it is she's always right about that stuff which is always funny yeah and she had been studying miller's books and he's like this really big high profile detective guy or whatever he's more like a he comes in when he when he's introduced in that previous scene he comes in through the water like james bond basically it's very funny with the yeah, no, whole team i think that is a james bond scene uh like very specifically <laughs> him rising out of the ocean i think uh that one was the one with the the wife beater one who's that guy uh sean connery yeah i think sean connery did that one when he's young i don't know i don't know Regardless, um, of course, because Miller mentioned that we should never get, go to a secondary location with the ransomers, with the kidnappers, they are coaxed into the van. And in the van, uh, they get into a big fight. Um, the footage goes out. Of course, a, again, a great murder mystery trope, if you or detective trope in this case, um, if you are surveilling somebody or you're being surveilled, the feed's going to cut out the most inopportune moment. Um, Jennifer Anderson and Adam Sandler get into this big fight into the, like, w- not with each other, but with the kidnappers in the van. Um, Audrey, Jennifer Anderson kills, like, every single kidnapper accidentally, um, and does not like it. Uh, and they end up crashing into a cafe. Uh, but that's, it's fine. Um, <laughs> they're all safe. But then they see on the TV that they are being accused of being the murderers and that, um, the footage of Adam Sandler leaving to go run after the kidnapper has been edited, so it looks like he's holding the cheese knife. And their fingerprints are already all over that, because as we know, Adam Sandler could not keep his hands off the cheese. God, it, so... It's so funny. That's how you'd get me. That's how I would have done it. <laughs> um, but it's okay, because Miller comes in, he's like, okay, it's fine, we're, we're going to like figure this out, everything's peachy, give me the money. He takes the money, and as he's walking away, you are meant to think instantly, like, oh, he's obviously the kidnapper at this well, point. Well, uh, Jennifer Aniston at this point says, oh, no, what if it's and him? Then, yeah, and then right after that, they say it. I'm saying, like, how it's set oh, up. Oh, yeah, okay. It's set Sorry. up to make you think it. Then they say it, and then they show him getting into the car, get into the van, put his put the money into the van. And then just as you're thinking, like, oh, okay, this is a twist, the car blows up. Which is which is the real twist. <laughs> which is the real twist. No, but then there's a second twist. Someone comes off, they get off of a motorcycle, they come in, they go into the fire and grab the case, and they start to walk away. And then another twist hits you. A garbage truck hits that guy. <laughs> and someone goes out of the garbage truck and picks up the suitcase, a briefcase, and brings it into the garbage truck, and they pull away. Uh, but not before Jennifer Anderson. I keep calling her Anderson. Jennifer Anderson. Anderson. Mr. Uh, Anderson. Anderson. Um, she catches the license plate, and so they have that. And yep. then they see on the TV that Delacroix is currently at the opera. 
<laughs> Which I love. I like. They just definitely were like, "How do we get him into this fucking movie? What's the easiest way?" And like, Delacroix is the detective from the previous one. He's a French detective, of course, bien sûr. So who, they, who like, ki- he's kind of competent, but he's more like just overly horny than anything. Yeah, which is just so, so good. Yeah. Um. So they meet him at the opera. They convince him to help. Um, he loves them, by the he, way, yeah, from does. the first one. So he he wants to help. Yeah, but they have to tie him up so it doesn't seem like it's like he's aiding and abetting. They get his car keys and they track <laughs> they track the garbage truck using some app that he has. I don't know. It's just silly. It's fine. I don't know. I, I actually think Interpol might have something like that, to be fair. To track in real time a license plate? Well, like... If it, it would have had to gone over a border, so yeah. I guess. Kind of. Uh, and if it's anyway. a garbage truck, it's low-jacked, right? Maybe. I don't know. I th- I would assume all city vehicles are low-jacked, but you know, that's just me. Um. So they get into his car, and they um, track it to this beautiful chateau, which Alex says looks like the chateau from The Gray Man, which, by the way, was a worse movie. Uh, than this one. Less funny, less actually less actiony in a lot of ways. Gray Man sucked ass, dude. I'm sorry. That movie was just straight bad. <laughs> but it did have the Macanudo cigars, girl. <laughs> well, she's great. I do I will like say she her role, she acted very well. Um the acting was not the issue in that movie, actually. Yeah. The acting Everything was, else was the issue was that it was seemingly filmed very seriously but also very funnily at the same time they should pick the tone. Yeah. But this Agreed. movie picks a tone. This movie picks a very goofy tone, and it sticks to it, and it lives it the way it should be lived. So they go to the chateau. They get inside, and well, they don't get inside yet. They they get caught by the countess and her sidekick Imani, um, who tie them up in the chateau. And uh, and the countess reveals that no, she did not kidnap Vic. But once she found out that these two bumbling buffoons were handling seventy million dollars, she, the greedy person that she is, decided that she was going to take it for from them. And Amani was the one who was driving a garbage truck. Um, and as as um, she is saying, getting like getting ready or whatever, um, they try to convince Amani that. Um, she's just going to be double-crossed, and sure enough, she is going to be double-crossed, and then the Countess also lights the Chateau on fire while they are stuck inside. But they manage to escape um, by having Imani shoot the Countess, so it's a triple-cross, and um, they end up getting out. It's Of course, there's a little tension in the scene. It doesn't really matter. It's instantly resolved. Um, they talk out some of their marriage problems during this scene. Um, they apologize. We find out at this scene... Right, it's this scene we find out that Adam Sandler accidentally roofied them because yeah, it was his he, Ambien and not his Advil. <laughs> yeah, he, he put Ambien in his Advil bottle uh, and then didn't want to admit it because she kept trying to figure out who roofied them the whole time. <laughs> he's like, it was me. Just... Yeah. Um, so they have the money again. Um, they steal the Lamborghini that's in the front of the chateau. Can I uh, and... interrupt you for a sec? Yeah. Um. It looks like they did make a license plate tracker for police to go nationwide that uh, logs and scans 150 to 200 million scans every month to track where people are going. Love that for us. Yeah. But I think it's banned in the EU already. I mean, that makes sense. Um, anyway, they... 
<laughs> I wrote, I was the one who roofied us. I keep my Ambien in the Advil bottle. LOL, LOL, OLOL, OLOL. I thought that was really funny. It was apparently. really good. Oh, they also get out of their um, duct tape yeah. situation by using the dental floss business card. Yeah, which is... They had a Chekhov's d- business card in this. Yeah, the first thing they show you in the film is used later to save them, which is just yeah. good screenwriting, honestly. They also they also use the fuzzy handcuffs um, where he pretends to lock the briefcase to him during the yeah. kidnapper scene. <laughs> that fight. was like, really They good. do a good job with that, yeah. The whole thing is he pretends to lose the key and then he makes, he's like, these are sex handcuffs. You can just take them off and takes them off later. He was just acting the whole time. They couldn't. Good stuff. Good jokes all around. Um, We learn that Delacroix is now in in charge of the investigation now with Interpol. um, And that is because he has the, the kidnappers quote unquote on the phone. And it's actually Jennifer Anderson and, I keep saying Anderson. Whatever. Anderson. You guys know who I'm talking about. And Adam Sandler. Um, but they're actually doing this kind of reverse hostage situation. They say, we have the $70 million. And if you don't bring us Vic by midnight to the Jules Verne um, restaurant that's in the Eiffel Tower, you won't get this money. So they're trying. They're betting that the person actually wants this money and they are willing to bring Vic to them for it. They end up going to the restaurant um everyone is there all the suspects are there they're all going they're doing my favorite one of my favorite tropes at least in a murder mystery where the detective goes around and says you could have done it because of this you could have done it because of this and they're like trying to reveal their actual murderer and um then sandler says but who did it and vic comes up on the elevator he looks really scared he has a bomb strapped to him and an earpiece earpiece and he says you have to put the money in the elevator and send it up to the top floor um and there's only 51 seconds left on his bomb. Um, but Adam Sandler doesn't think that this is real. He thinks that it's a ruse, um, that they're not going to actually blow up uh, Vic because according to the book that he said he didn't read, but he definitely did read, um, they would never jeopardize the ransom. So um, they he doesn't blow up. And they actually find out, they, they talk about, okay, well, who could have done it? Um, who could have killed Mr. Liu, a lethal badass? Who could have done this major hacking? Who knew where to find everybody? And it's obvious to us at this point and very soon obvious to everyone because Miller like breaks the glass of the of the t- of the restaurant and comes in and he reveals, ah, it was me this entire time. I climbed into a bombproof titanium chamber in the car that blew up. <laughs> and the only thing that wasn't part of the plan was um, my sidekick getting run over by the countess's sidekick um so which I think is that's funny i i really like too because it just means uh jennifer aniston to character who was right through the whole thing she yeah. did call it and then we were led to believe not which is actually like a pretty good twist yeah it was really fun um i i i didn't believe i i believe that he was dead at that point i thought he was just a red herring until that point happened. Yeah, there was a um, few points where I was like, oh, are they just kind of doing it nonchalantly and making jokes out of it? Or is this a actual mystery I could follow? And yeah, the answer is no, number two, which was surprising. Time, yeah. yeah, yeah, you could definitely follow the whole time. But they had like some really good red herrings. At, at some points, I thought that Vic had kidnapped himself. I thought mm-hmm. it was like all these. I thought it was like everybody at a different point in time, basically. Um, except for the two people who I knew it wasn't, although they did kind of have me second guessing for a moment, um, which was Nick and Audrey themselves. I was like, well, we did miss. Did we miss 
they flashed forward to the island. Like, did they make a plan? Is that what's actually happening? But no. That could um, have been funny, but I, I, I no. actually did for a second think maybe. Yeah, maybe I know. They were desperate. They set it up. They, he says it out loud to us, and even at one point, Adam Sandler's character says, "Oh, you really had me going there. I almost believed it myself. I didn't. It's not true, but come on. Yeah. I, I thought that that was actually really well done because it did plant a seed of doubt in my head. Um, and then, then this lady comes in. Her name is Susan. She's there to meet her long lost love. Oh man! Who this... they agreed, <laughs> they agreed that they would meet at midnight at halfway up the Eiffel Tower. Are any of you Gary? And this is a distraction enough for um, Sandler to like punch the gun out of Miller's hand or something. Yeah, this was uh It was the uh, woman who is from Workaholics. Is I think what she's most famous for, Jillian Bell. She does such a good job coming in being up. <laughs> She's just like, no idea what's going on saying like, <laughs> oh, like I was supposed to meet someone here. And I, I was cracking up at that. She did a great job there. It was so goofy. Again, yeah. it's like part of that goofy tone. It's yeah. totally farcical, totally unrealistic, hilarious. Um. Anyway, so they have a big fight in the fight. Miller shoots Delacroix. Um, they he like start he grabs his case and he starts repelling out the window and uh audrey grabs him and they both start repelling up so they're at the top of the eiffel tower um and um sandler grabs delacroix's gun and the bullets from his pocket and <laughs> goes up to go help them there's like a helicopter uh all of this and miller reveals that okay fine you all saw me that's like terrible for me so i'm gonna blow up the eiffel tower um, because the only thing I hate more than witnesses is the French. Great joke. <laughs> Very good joke. I did write blow up the Eiffel Tower for $70 million, LOL, because um, that is a pitiful amount of money, to be honest. Inflation, it's wild. Yeah. Um, they do a great um, kind of uh, diehard trope at this, at this point. Um, there's a weird scene between susan and the detective with vaping <laughs> vaping smoke yeah. rings um because uh the detective's always smoking he's blowing uh little smoke circles i forget smoke rings yeah smoke rings. Uh, at one point he he blows a elongated long one through her smoke ring as they're vaping um because it's funny at some point, um, Miller resets the detonator on Vic's vest to actually blow them up. Um, and everyone downstairs is, is desperately trying to get it off them. Um, Nick comes up after Frank helps him. Frank headbutts the one of the bad guys, which was a recall joke from earlier. Um, and he's able to come up. He shoots with two guns. Nicky two guns. He shoots every like all the bullets out of the gun, but he doesn't manage to hit Miller at all. He only shoots the detonator. Um, and which ends the bomb threat. Audrey at some point gets thrown off the Eiffel Tower. She's holding onto the rope. Um, I wrote Tucci here this entire time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's a threat to Audrey's life. She's like kind of out of it. So she can't help uh, anything when Nick is getting the ass kicked out of him. Um, but toward the end of the fight, Nick opens the briefcase and all of the money flies out because of the helicopter. Um, the chop chopper blades like f making all of this um happen she sees a gun she grabs the gun um miller says to the helicopter guys like go finish off the people in the restaurant he goes back to kicking the ass out of sandler um and just as the helicopter is like looking into the restaurant about to shoot everybody in there 
Audrey um, points the gun at Miller, shoots twice, shoots Sandler twice, which is the first time she's ever missed with a gun. Um, and then she shoots the rope instead um, after hinting to Sandler to tie the rope to um, Miller and um, he ends up which into which the is a straight place. throwback to earlier too which is yes good yeah yeah it's another throwback uh, again everything is really set up nicely it's a very well edited movie uh, which is better than I can say for a lot of other movies that I've seen recently yeah so he gets mincemeat into the helicopter blades the helicopter crashes into the sun and everything's nice and uh, they're all having fun they're all kind of cooling down um, at the end, they're like, Adam, Adam Sandler's bleeding because he's been shot twice. They're like, oh my gosh, everyone's safe. Ha ha. Um, and then. Well, they have medics um, having work. Yeah, on there them. are medics there. So everyone's safe. And then they have a bit of a freak out. Uh, and Audrey thinks that Syra is bleeding. Oh, it's just her henna. Her henna must have smeared. Which, if you know anything about henna, it does not smear once it's dry. And Cyrus says, oh, it must have smeared in all the commotion tonight. But she was getting henna the night before. And Audrey points this out. And she talks about the green robes that she saw on the fire that she thought was bloodstained. Oh, it must have been henna. So we find out, oh, all along, we remember, like, this whole movie, we were told that there's, like, a secondary kidnapper on the island. Who well, must have been was. on the inside. Yes, yeah. there was the entire time. It was Syra. The sister did it out of jealousy. And she's also one who tried to kill him in Mumbai. Um, and she grabs the gun and she's like, she's ready to shoot Vic. And the colonel jumps in the way again and gets shot in the other arm. <laughs> Which, again, a great callback joke. Because that happens in the previous movie <laughs> as well. Yeah. yeah, he loses his hand in the last movie. And at the beginning of this movie had already lost an arm. Um, yes. So he's just... <laughs> Good jokes. <laughs> so everything's hilarious. Um, everything's really well tied in. A lot of a lot of the callbacks, a lot of throwbacks to the previous movie and to earlier in this movie. Um, everyone's kind of living happily ever after. Claudette and Vic are still in love. They're gonna get married. Um, Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler put a lock on that famous bridge. Um, and then Vic, Vic has the helicopter guy show up and Vic is on the phone with him saying like, here's $10 million cash and the briefcase is $3 million of dinosaur leather. Go have a honeymoon, go enjoy yourselves. And everything's like, Oh, hunky dory at the end. Um, and when they're on the helicopter, the pilot turns around is pointing a gun at them. And says, hand me the bag. And, uh, that's, he jumps off DB Cooper style. Uh, and it ends in a freeze frame of them scrambling to get to the front of the, uh, helicopter as it starts to crash yeah which i had claimed beginning of the movie that the helicopter pilot was the bad guy so i was right <laughs> but here's the thing like that is one of the things this movie obviously has gone through some drafting process it's it's pretty tightly written i mean it's also short it's like 80 minutes long um which like i saw i saw a real greg head in the reviews say that uh it was too short to be like a proper movie and i'm like well that's funny <laughs> but like no dude i'm i'm gonna see john wick next week dude it's like three fucking hours long i don't i don't want to see any more three-hour movies every movie's been three hours lately i think that this was really nicely paced i think it was oh, yeah. nicely paced i my my attention was held the entire time i think if it had like lasted longer anywhere 
it wouldn't have been as fun. They did like really fast forward through some of the tropes that I thought were that I think are fun in a murder mystery, such as the everyone is being like introduced as characters. We get their um, we get their motives, and then also everybody talks about everybody else and why why they should have they should be the main suspects, and also the one where they like walk through. Um, oh, maybe it was you, or maybe it was you. I'm gonna reveal who really did it. I don't yeah. think all that matters. It was much more actiony than you would expect from a regular murder mystery, but so was the first one, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I think it's fine. It's it's fine the way it's written because it's written to be kind of like this goofy, actiony, farcy kind of film, and it throws up some. It sends up some of the tropes of less murder mystery type movies and more of those like actiony thriller type. Yeah. Because like instead. let's. I all right, so I'm I'm no fan of like James Bond, but like those used to be spy movies from what I know, and now they're action movies. Yes. So like everything kind of has turned a little action movie. Um, they do a good job of like showing, like when they're fighting in a car. It is just them kind of getting lucky over and over, which is more fun yeah. to me than an actual action movie, unless it's as good as something like John Wick, you know. But. No one can do that except for, like, 10 people in the world. So this is pretty good. Good news. Audience score has gone to fresh since we started recording. Oh, it's the magic of this podcast, yeah. actually. Uh, critics have dropped it 3% in that time. Well, <laughs> I, I can see why critics critics wouldn't like it because it has some of those really – it has some very early Adam Sandler goofs in it. It I has mean... – it like doesn't smoke, really, in my the opinion. The penis smoke ring thing. Yeah, whatever. That's... There were diapers on the flamingos and the elephants. Uh, yeah, no, that's not. That's a joke about how rich they are, is so that they don't poop on the grounds. They yeah, should. Yeah, but it's it's still a goof. I mean, yeah, you can't it's... deny that that's not a silly little goof. I'm not saying it's yeah. bad. No, but it's I'm like saying the penguin from Happy Gilmore or Billy Madison. No, the penguin is perfectly reasonable. That's 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 not do with that, in my opinion. But A, that doesn't matter because if you want to say it's like potty humor and that's a problem, that's one thing. This is not that. This was a joke about how rich these people are. And the second one, the 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 elephant wearing a diaper, is not mentioned and is just shown as the elephant's walking away to show like, yeah, no, they diapered that guy up too. It is funny. Um, okay, well, what about the the penis smoke rings i i'm not going to slander the french but that's the kind of shit they do <laughs> i mean there's a lot of just like the, the goofy humor i'm not saying it's bad but well I'm no i think i think even I'm saying, saying that that's kind of the humor that a critic isn't gonna like because they're well that's asses. because critics aren't real people no, I'm, I will we say. We learned this from Jack and Jill. Yes, they, we, they we already all, went over this. No, like, no, no, no. Let me finish instead of interrupting me. All critics, if if they are like, oh, this had a dirty joke in it, therefore it's bad, means that they shouldn't be critics if they are unable to understand that something can be funny. Like, that is them putting their ego and their opinions of what is allowed to be joked over what is actual funny and real substance and art. They, I don't they, know who you're trying to convince because you, I'm on you your are side here. Yeah, but you said that critics would find this thing not funny. I think that means critics don't deserve to have a job. I'm saying that those two things are not necessarily mutually exclusive. Yeah, I, I, it, 
I give them no excuse, though. You can't say this is the type of thing critics wouldn't like. You say every critic is not worthy of having a job. They can have a different job. Sorry. So, well, this goes to back to what I was critiquing. saying at the beginning is that people are expecting all of these things to be like, we're like in the prestige era of everything. Even like, for example, John Wick, a, a, a movie series I, I do love. Hmm. Even that, like when you think about other action movies, like that is a very, it's very serious, very cerebral, very cerebellum, parabellum. It's, it's, I don't think it's, I don't think so, actually. You don't think that John Wick is very cerebral? No. For an action movie? Not really. I think that it takes itself very seriously. uh, I don't think that's true either. Um, They kill like three people with a horse in the last one. Okay, that's They they have Bobin show up as a big dude. (laughs) Okay, you're right. They have him build a historical (laughs) revolver and then shoot someone to a Western scene. Like, I, I think... That is fun. Uh, I, I think... Yeah, okay, you're right. It is fun. Because but it, it's, it's kind of... But it tricks people into thinking that it's more serious than it is. Oh, I think they've successfully tricked critics into not thinking they're having fun, which is unfortunately a thing to get good ratings. Whereas this but movie like, wears its dude, fun on its sleeve. They it's ha- <laughs> obviously they're having fun. They're having a lot of fun here. You remember when Morpheus drinks the Fanta, Jess? <laughs> that is the most... Yes. The funny... That is... I forgot that it, that Morpheus <laughs> drinks the Fanta. Yeah. Um, but no, like, I do get what you mean. It's just that, like, it is so, so wild to me how little critics seem to think about this stuff. And one even mentioned uh, that they, they're up to their old tricks of go, bringing all his friends to, a, like, a nice place to film. And I'm Ooh. like, yo... Maybe Jennifer Je- Aniston? Jennifer Aniston, I pro- they're probably friends. Like, don't get me wrong. But, like, that's not all his friends. He brought one yeah, person. Rob Schneider could have been the helicopter pilot, and he wasn't. Yeah. So you're telling me it's all his friends? No. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I forgot. I know he still talks to Rob Schneider. We just saw we saw Adam Sandler live in concert, and Rob yeah. Schneider opened for him, and it was bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, I will say, uh, on that note, because I think that's pretty interesting um, because we did that. It is more expensive than any uh, stand-up I've ever seen. Um, and it was probably the second worst of any famous stand-up I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, I didn't it, have a lot of fun with it. It was I. It was still worth going, I'd say. But if I had not done this podcast, I would have thought that was uh, not very good. Yeah. Um, and wow, the fans, I will say, woof. People were just yelling movie quotes at him while he's on stage, and there's like ten thousand people there. It's it was kind of embarrassing. Wild. I was, it was... I, I was embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, embarrassed for them. I was embarrassed also to be there. Yeah. Um. Mostly, it, it was just like the pe- people shouting shit. It was just like, come on, guys, what are you doing? Yeah. Whatever. But, yeah. I mean. <sighs> I think it's kind of really silly to be like, oh, they're going on this great vacation. Oh, come on. First of all, it's Netflix's money. What, you want to save Netflix some money? Shut up. Yeah. Also, um, like, the movie doesn't pretend to be anything other than what it is. It's it's a goofy movie. Like I said, it's well written. Like, literally everything was set up, which 
which means that there was some care and love put into this movie. I felt like there was a lot of care and love from the actors. It really did seem like everybody was like eating it up. Yeah. Everyone was having a good time. No one seemed like they were phoning it in. None of that. Uh, and it wasn't that deep. As you notice, we have not talked about a lot of themes because there's not really. It's just yeah. the funny. It's the funny. Yeah, we'll get into themes when he does Spaceman in like a few months. That's because that's gonna be a very interesting film. Back to drama and very, you know. It... I'm really looking forward to that. But yeah. I did. I had a lot of fun with Murder Mercy too. I would recommend it to somebody who liked the first one. I'd recommend it to somebody who likes goofy comedies. If you like Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, uh... I I also think like any adult. Um would probably find it worth just like being like, oh yeah, that was like a funniest movie. Especially anyone who's like not seen an Adam Sandler movie since they were 13. Cause it's just a little more, it's not a serious comedy, but man, I, it's been like 10 years and I'm still not ready to watch another Wes Anderson movie. It's just, I can't do this shit. <laughs> I love Wes Anderson. You know, here, here's my agreement. The moment he has a person of color in a talking role, I will watch his movies again. That's that's fair. Yeah. You know, I did notice about this movie, um, the cast, great casting. I loved it. Um, I love Melanie Laurent. Um, I think that she's – I loved her in Inglorious Bastards. I think that she did a pretty good job in the role that she was playing here. Um, and the movie passed the Bechdel test. And it yeah, made fun yeah. of the fact that it passed the Bechdel test. Did you catch that? I did not. What, what was that? Right before Imani died, they said Imani's name. <laughs> only right oh. before, only right before uh, the Countess shoots her, <laughs> and then later on they're like Imani, who's that? And then they just they just oh, talk yeah, about how yeah. she laughs. I thought that that was really funny. But yeah, the the movie definitely passes the Bechdel test a couple times because Audrey um, talks to some of the witnesses about i mean they talk about the murder or the not the murder but the kidnapping which is vic but it's you know that's integral to the plot so no that's actually pretty funny i didn't i didn't realize that they named her right there though it does make sense yeah no pretty good i will say <laughs> my god i actually think uh i just saw uh the the thing for wes anderson's new movie it is the it is actually the whitest cast I've ever seen. I I haven't seen it. It has at Adrian all. Brody, Tilda Swinton, Willem Dafoe, Scarlett Johansson, jo- Johansson, yeah, whatever. Scarlett. Wait, hold hold on. Margot I've Robbie, Tom Hanks, Maya Hawke, and Matt Dillon, and Jeff Goldblum, and Leif Schreiber. I could, I could make so many jokes about just Tom Hanks's family and Je- <laughs> just Scarlett Johansson, and also Tilda Swinton. What the hell? Okay, sorry. Yeah. Um. <laughs> here's here's my uh yeah i was gonna say it's funny how many people in this movie are white people who've very publicly played uh other races you know like kind of watched the movie before my one thing i want anyone who's here not going to be that many people that this is going to fall into if you've ever played the game escape from tarkov go to the asteroid city imdb and look at matt dillon and tell me they didn't steal that man's face for that video game. <laughs> Very funny. Um, but <laughs> I've seen this man die a hundred times. It's very sad. <laughs> I'm done. 
Um, <laughs> I, don't is, have, I don't have anything else. Is there? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, is there anything else you wanted? Uh, one thing. One thing that I do like is that they didn't have any fake French accents. All the French actors, uh, all the French characters were played by French people. I thought that that was good. Uh. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. I I enjoyed Sick. it. I'd watch it. I'd watch it again. I wouldn't be upset about watching Murder Mystery One and Two again. I don't think. Yep. Oh shit, we got a a little well maybe a little storm coming in. Oh, you know what? You know the best way to prepare for a storm, Alex? Murder mystery. No, it's by taking my wife, please. Oh fuck, I forgot. That's how you ended it. <laughs>